0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all the live viewers all over the world, and hello to the replay viewers, and hello to Gemma.
1: Hello, who is very much here in person? Yes, not there you a are. hallucination, still here. <laughs> <go>.
0: <laughs> yes, always, always up. drama out there. Yes. Anywho, uh, great show today very excited about this one uh good 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 friend of mine from the fire department um i met elena when i got back from rehab um i I had known her before but we hadn't really uh you know become friends yet like we had we kind of bonded i guess over um my journey on sobriety and mental health as well as hers um so it was nice, again, to come home to such a, a wonderful support group at home, um, which just when I got back from uh, rehab. Uh, yeah, Elena was there and made it quite easy to slide back into normal life, if you will. Um, we've shared quite a bit over the past year or so, and... Um, yeah, so today's episode is going to be about her mental health and what she's done as far as her own business she owns. So she volunteers at my firehouse, uh, that I, uh, work at every third day. And, um, she's also a successful business owner for her business of lion's share marketing. Um, So without any further ado, let's bring Elena up onto the screen and say hello. Hello. How are you today?
2: I'm well. How are you?
0: I am very well. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Uh, And hello to everybody slowly coming in to the room so welcome to the mental health hour Uh, thanks for joining us and what uh where can we start here let's start with the introductions um they all know us uh why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself okay
2: um so obviously my name is elena you already said that um i Volunteer at the station every third day. Um, and I also own a marketing company. Um, I actually started doing both at almost the exact same time, oddly enough. I just realized that. Um, but yeah. I do marketing and advertising for small businesses and nonprofits. So that's my day job. And then obviously, the station is my mm. non paid <laughs> job.
0: It can definitely be a second job, that's for sure. Um, So can you give us a little background on any mental health issues that you've experienced um, or would like to bring to light, talk about anything on this show? Uh, And, you know, kind of like when it started, like when, you know, even if it's from childhood, whatever, just let us know. Hi,
2: Ella. Um, yeah. So I I was um, officially diagnosed with depression when I was 16, uh, but I was definitely experiencing it probably when I was about 13. Um, and I originally um, like went to the doctor and got a prescription without my parents knowing about it. Um, and just kind of most of it I kind of just went through by myself for a long time um, and it started as a diagnosis of depression and kind of once I actually saw like psychiatrists and therapists um, kind of added on to that so I have severe anxiety, OCB, PTSD um, so kind of the kind of run the, the gamut full, of, the of full mental, gamut. mental illnesses yeah
0: that's what yeah. i like to say
2: um and i <clears throat> um and i've also struggled with an eating disorder for about a decade now so and it all kind of as i'm sure you guys talk about all the time like it all kind of um compounds on everything else so mm-hmm. to make like yes. one unhappy family of Brain issues.
0: So, would you say that your PTSD diagnosis comes more from the the fire department side of things, or, or more from more stemming from earlier on in your life?
2: Oh, that's way earlier. Um, the there's some stuff that I've had to process from the fire department that I still think about all the time. Um, but most of that comes from um, my childhood. I so,
0: okay. Yeah. So um,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, welcome on in everybody coming I think, on. I think into... that's the case with a lot of people. Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, today we have uh, a good Elena. friend of mine, Elena on the broadcast. Uh, She's talking with us about her mental health struggles so far, and uh, we're going to get into some more of her successful business ownership here in a bit. Um, But we want to talk about self-reliance today. Um, And this was something that you came up with. Um, As I ask everybody, hey, Dan, how are you? Uh, As I ask everybody, That comes on the show. I want them to pick the topic that means something to them. I want them to be passionate about it. I want them to send a message and uh, speak freely on it, on whatever. This is a safe space. Um, Even though we are broadcasting to the internet, it doesn't seem like a a safe space. But we keep a pretty tight ship here. So please uh, feel free to uh, tell us anything you want to. So you picked self-reliance. Um, can you, can you expand on how this has been important to you?
2: Yeah. Um, I think that obviously, like you've, like you said, like you've known me a while now and, um, I've struggled a lot, not just recently, but kind of my entire life with, um, I guess finding support systems and then losing them for a variety of reasons. Um, And I would always, it would always hit me really, really hard um, when I would have, especially like if I was in like a really deep dark place and I would have somebody there and then all of a sudden they weren't, especially if they knew what was going on that would just hurt every single time. And it kind of plunged me even deeper in whatever I was going through. Um, And so over time and through therapy, um, I've kind of realized the importance of being able to, look inward versus outward for um, I guess, comfort in the moment and support in the moment, because you're not always going to have someone there. Ideally you would, but you aren't always going to have that. And at the end of the day, you are alone with yourself. Like at the end of the day, you have to be okay with yourself. And I think um, learning to Be okay with that and be um, kind of, I guess, confident in my own strength to get through things has been really important.
1: Awesome.
0: Awesome. And Gemma, uh, I had you do a little bit of uh, our, normally on the show, we like to present some information, you know, um, that we pull from Mm -hmm. different, various um, websites on the internet uh, to kind of help explain some things uh, to those in the comments, the audience, the replay viewers that aren't quite up to speed on the topic that we're dealing with that week. Um, Gemma, would you mind going through some of the slides that you found just to kind of break down what self-reliance is about? Are
1: you trusting me with the buttons?
0: Yes, go for it. (laughs) There
1: we go. All right, I'll bring this one up first because I have got this one open well i'm gonna open it back up All Right. <clears throat> um so this is one that i found um it kind of breaks down different ways of like becoming more what's the word i'm trying to think of just my brain like mm, becoming more independent that's the word right rather than being reliant on other people and when you're going through depression and stuff that can be really hard to even want to do anything for yourself um so it's controlling everything uh, there's the control comfort doubt and fear um but the belief that you can do this and get on top of it and it says the anger and blame are two more common uh manipulative mechanisms that bring measure of comfort while allowing yourself to be in control the more com- uh, the more comfortable i can make myself and the more control i feel i use several means to bring comfort to my life whilst reducing fears uh, as fear grows i begin to doubt trust is hard to come by rather than relying on other people begin to look at yourself self-preservation methods things in which you can help yourself to cope with such as shame guilt inadequacy and suspicion um i'm not going to read it all because like some of it's a bit repetitive with the other stuff um it's to like this is how i should be living rather than um trying to keep going on with the way that you have been going trying to focus on what you want to achieve and moving forward making steps into self-improvement and becoming more self-independent and we've got this one here we go benefits of self-reliance so depending on others for help means there will be times when it's not available So you can't always expect that other people will be available for you. You can solve problems and make decisions for yourself. Now, I personally find making decisions still, even now, very difficult. But again, that comes from a lot of my upbringing and things. Mm -hmm. You feel happy being yourself, in yourself and about yourself without needing to rely on others. You develop self-acceptance. It encourages you to practice self-compassion and self-knowledge and gives you perspective and direction. And do we have another one? And then there's just this one here that I found was a nice little quote. Self-reliance is the only road to true freedom and being one's own person is its ultimate reward. I thought that was quite a nice one.
0: Yes, that's very nice.
1: There we go. Very nice. Very nice.
0: Uh, thank you for for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> the benefits uh, of self-reliance, obviously, they seem the the uh, most obvious uh, place to start as far as our mental health and everybody's mental health. And you know, when we when we go out there and we ask for help on a certain issue. Um, let's take my alcoholism. Um, that's already starting down the road of self-reliance. I think a little bit. Would you agree, Gemma?
1: Yeah. Wait. Oh, hang sorry. I'm struggling with the screen. But oh, that's okay. There we go. Because I was over at the one side, and it's just bleh. right. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> I said,
0: uh, like, take with my alcoholism, for example.
1: Mm. Uh, starting
0: down the, the road uh, of self-reliance has a lot to do with first realizing that there is a problem and needing help. Am I correct? Or would you agree? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. You've got to realize that you need the help before you can actually go and do that. And, and definitely with your, yourself. No, or in like, anyone. Being told that you need help and being able to accept you need help are very different things. Like number, like people can tell you that you need the help or you need to do this. But until you truly believe it and will realise that you need the help, then it doesn't. It doesn't help. You've got to want to do it for yourself, right.
0: basically. So, Elena, when was the? catalyst moment i ask a lot of our a lot of our guests that come on here i ask them what that catalyst moment was where you just you you needed some whether it be counseling or um you know just you realize that you are struggling and you needed some help along your travels do you have a a mind in in, or a, a time in mind that you really felt that
2: I think it's hard to, because honestly, this is going to sound depressing, but I've had a lot of like typical rock bottom moments where it's like, you feel like, wow, this can't get any worse. Like this cannot get any lower. And then a week later, a month later, a year later, it happens again, probably a different type of rock bottom, but it's, you know, um, so I can say I've definitely had different, um, I guess, like aha moments with different diagnoses. So like with um like with my eating disorder um there was definitely specific moments um when i was like i need to um i need to get this under control and i think the biggest one actually was um right before i started fire one um and i was I was trying really hard to get stronger and gain muscle and um, it just wasn't working because I wasn't eating enough, like not even nearly enough. And I was looking at everybody else in the class and everyone was doing well and I was struggling and I was exhausted Mm -hmm. and it just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't working. And I kind of realized like, if I want to do this, I need to, I need to commit. So after like eight years, I was like, I need to to do this. Um, And I think with the depression and stuff like that, I think there have been a lot of, there have been a lot of, um, I guess like come to Jesus moments um, with that. Some of them, some of them you've helped facilitate, I think. Um, But I think the biggest ones are just, I think when you start, missing things because I Mm -hmm. for years and years I've had depression and I've still done things and I've still shown up you know I've still gone to work I've still done whatever I need to do and more recently for the past couple of years I I haven't been able to do that so it's like I for the first time with um, my depression it was so severe that I wasn't able to hide it anymore I wasn't able to um, Go to work anyway, or go to the station anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I was just, you know, there was just nothing. There's nothing left for me. That's too. a
0: fantastic part of depression. Uh, uh, just, and I say fantastic in the sense that it, it's just overwhelming. Because um, I mean, I've lived it too. Gemma's lived it. Uh, the, it it's just that actually my wife and I were talking about it the other day and, and she was telling me that she um, she's pregnant, of course. Um, and she said, she's feeling quite different. Like she's having trouble getting motivated, having trouble getting out of bed, having trouble doing uh, things that she normally does around the house. And I'm like, that's depression, dear. <laughs> and, 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 you know, she said, um, and somehow we got to talking like, how the the thought of depression is always just like this uh sadness and it's just not always the case depression is more if you look at depression as a definition or as a whole like it's it's a state of decline basically it's like a non-motivating non non, you know i don't want to do anything kind of feeling uh I guess what I told her was let's, let's take a look at when the economy is in a depression, you, you, the, 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 the um, stock market, as I stumble over my words there, the stock market isn't sad. I mean, it's, we're, we're in a depression financially, you know, yeah. look at the word uh, more as the definition, what it means versus the common thought that it's just sadness. Um, it really is an unmotivating thing, and that could be hard when you're seeing everybody else get uh, success uh, around you, like in your firefighter one class um, that you were talking about. Everybody seems to be having uh, a good go at it. Uh, Ella asks, what was the first step you took to get help?
2: Um. For which part, if you mean with depression, um, the first step for that was um, creating a a safety plan, actually, Um, and it started with um, who I could call if I needed to, and then back to the self-reliance thing, if I couldn't, what tools do I have um, that I can rely on by myself? Um, and of course, I got a psychiatrist, um, tried to change my meds, yeah. um, and I started to try to do the activities that I would stopped doing uh, yeah. that brought me joy. Because um, that's something, like, like you said, which is really true, um, something that depression does that kind of tricks you is it does play that comparison game, and it just makes it worse. Because you see all these people and you don't know what their lives are like, but you see them outwardly having fun and, and talking about how great it is for them. And in your head, it just is like, well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you able to have fun? Why can't you just push past it? Why can't you act like them? It just sinks you deeper and deeper and deeper because that that leads to all of that shame and guilt and, and obviously those are huge driving forces. of um, kind
0: of uh, Which I think can be. And as long for as long as I've known you, uh, you know this over this past year in our t- in our chats in our um, fire related um, uh, conversations, you just have a drive about you, and that you, you don't give up easy. There's not a whole lot of quit in you. So I guess, I mean, that that plays right into your self-reliance um, and makes it that much stronger. Um, I really do admire your drive. And uh, if there's a problem, we usually, we tend to find uh, a solution either as a team or, or you'll take over and put your two cents in always. Um, <laughs> um, For those of you just joining us today, uh, welcome on in. Uh, This is a good friend of mine, Elena Lyons. Uh, She owns Lyons Share Marketing here in Frederick, Maryland. She's also a volunteer firefighter at my station. Um, She and I have had wonderful conversations uh, over the past year since I got back from rehab and her struggles with mental health. We've kind of bounced off of each other, um, a little support network of our own at work. And um, it's just uh, great to have more and more folks that come out of the woodworks with these things to make it that much easier and to make you realize that you're not alone, as we say yeah. all the time on this show. Uh, you were mentioning meds um, and I want to jump to Gemma here. We we talked to, we talked to a bunch of folks about meds um, mm-hmm. and I they do come up quite frequently on the show, especially antidepressants, um and how important it is to uh keep going back and, and adjusting these meds because they do your body does build a tolerance. Um mm-hmm. what can what can you uh bring up from either past episodes uh about antidepressants in general for our audience today?
1: Um, Well, making sure you're on the right ones is certainly a key. And I know certainly here that GPs are very quick to prescribe them. And I find, and I know you've said it as well, that GPs are kind of like a jack of all trades and don't necessarily know what's best for you. So it's best to go and get more expertise advice when getting the right one. It's not always easy to do that, but make sure that you do get the right one. You do generally have to be on them for a while before they will kick in and work, but also it's not a case of one size fits all. What works for one isn't necessarily going to work for another, and some might only need a a lower dose, some might need a higher dose, then you might need to increase it because you do get to the point where you're dependent on them but also it stops working as well as it used to do so sometimes you might have to switch from one to another and then come back to it again Mm -hmm. i think i've done full circle of pretty much everything in existence because i've been taking them since i was about nine but um i've not been on any for a while now but Again, that's because, as I say, my GP prescribed them and it turned out to be the wrong one for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it's very important to make sure it is the right one and yes. it doesn't like interact with anything else that you take at the same time. Um, so make sure you get them from the right place rather than just getting them and thinking, oh, well, this is what they've given me, this will be the right one because it's not necessarily going to be the right one. Sure. Um, there's no shame in having to try a few to get yeah. the right one None that's
0: that's what we uh we definitely tout that uh on the show is don't be afraid to try different mm-hmm. medications your your psychiatrist or doctor will work with you on that and mm-hmm. uh, see what works best for you because not everybody reacts the same way oh uh,
1: no
0: you know And so, I would
2: say also like don't be afraid to uh like, don't be afraid to, if something isn't working um, or if you've tried something before and you don't, and you know, it's not going to help, don't be afraid to say something because for a very long time, I was just like, oh, this is a psychiatrist. They know. And I would take medication that made me feel awful, but I wouldn't say anything because like, oh, well, they know what they're doing. This has to work. It's just, it's yeah. me. That's why it's not working. Like, I just have to change myself. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, like you said, like medication isn't one size fits all. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like don't be, if it's not working, if you're not seeing improvement after a certain amount of time, or if it makes you feel bad, don't, or worse, don't, you know, don't hesitate to say, Hey, this isn't working. I need to try something else. Um, mm-hmm. And Gemma, I completely relate to what you said because I have treatment resistant depression. Um, mm-hmm. So they actually did like genetic testing and everything. And um, I, my body just doesn't respond to almost all of the the medications that I have been taking, which makes sense now. Um, But it's very, very frustrating to try pill after pill after pill and it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything. I've tried,
1: I've literally been through them all and none of them have helped, but they don't diagnose that. Here they will just say, oh, well like, give you something else, give you something else. And I have been full circle many, many times and I started on them at nine because I started self-harming at nine. And mm-hmm. um, I've been through them all. I think Prozac was the one I was on the most. But it just, some of them made me feel really ill. Some of them made mm-hmm. me sick. And none of them helped at all. And then you start thinking, yeah, it's me. Why, why aren't yeah. they working? And that's mm-hmm. why I'm not on any now because I, I won't. Go back to my GP and tell them I want anymore. I want to wait for the referral to come through mm-hmm. from a psychiatrist and then say I want something now because I want yeah. to see if there is anything else rather than just saying to my GP I need something because they're just going to start me on that circle again.
2: Yeah, and I don't
1: want to be at the stage where I feel ill, so I think well, I might as well wait and get the right one, yeah. hopefully. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and as molly reminds us um another thing we talk about all the time is Mm -hmm. if you don't have the right therapist uh don't feel like you have to stay you guys are not in a uh committed relationship
1: uh, (laughs) you know
0: and not in the (laughs) not in the sense of a relationship relationship i mean you you didn't sign any contract that says you have 20 sessions with this person um yep If you're not feeling it, if it's not a jive, you should have a feeling of more of a a relationship with your uh, primary therapist that you share some pretty intimate stuff with. Um, So, yes, thank you, Molly, for reminding us.
1: There Um, are some over here that say, like, I've just had a 20-session block, but that doesn't mean you get a 20-session block with that person. It's 20 sessions. So, like, when you say... The 20 sessions it doesn't mean you have got to stick with that person there is always someone else
0: yes yes indeed so mm. i would like to move more towards something that uh we all kind of all, the three of us here have experienced um gemma not so much in the legal word of divorce but you were long-term with somebody common law kind of uh situation. Uh, yeah, which yeah. We understand what that is over here as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you had a kid with said person. And, uh, so we've all kind of hit some form of divorce here, some form of relationship termination. Um, where did that, I mean, I've talked with, with Elena several times on the subject. But uh, for our audience, where did that kind of spiral you or propel you, if you will, in your journey?
2: Um, I would say without, without a doubt, um, getting divorced has been the one of the most difficult things I've ever experienced. Um, because it's so, I feel like it's so normalized that, people tend to not understand if you're struggling with it. So um, for example, like if I'm having a hard time and I say, well, you know, I'm going through a divorce and usually people will say something like, Oh, well, at least you don't have kids. So you're lucky. Mm -hmm. Or, well, at least you aren't on terrible terms. so You're lucky. Or at least, and it's not helpful to (laughs) to say something like that. It's very dismissive. Um, Mm -hmm. And it definitely, um, it absolutely just thrust me way, way deeper into depression because I'm, I have depression on a good day. Like on an average regular day, I have depression. And then when you pile real life stuff, um, when you pile like real life stuff on top of that, it just, you know, it kind of implodes. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's definitely been, it's definitely been,
0: difficult yes um it's actually i think divorce is what finally sent me uh, six years later this finally sent me to rehab like it it spiraled me so far out of control in my between my ears and everything it was the definite uh there was already a lot going on in my um from my side Mm -hmm. of the street as it was, but this was just the spiraling out of control moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, divorce is not something that uh is easy. Um I know some people yeah. have talked I've talked with some people and when I was getting divorced I was quite curious how uh they they make it look so easy sometimes. Um yeah. like like it's just you know sign here. We're on our way. They're both both parties are married with kids within like a year, and it's just I'm like that. That was not my experience at all. This was terrible. But um, no,
2: yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. And and it's like, I mean, obviously everyone's experience with divorce is different. um, But I feel like I definitely kind of shamed myself a lot because why is it for me? Why why is it not easy for me? um you know why why is it about this and it's been six months nine months a year whatever um it's 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 difficult because I think actually with people who already have mental health issues or they kind of feel shame and, guilt and, and like a burden divorce just makes that even more um just feel even more um uh, i guess
0: for uh, oh there she is there we go yeah
2: i there think we're, we're good, good. Sorry. um um yeah it was it was uh sorry i don't know what happened there um but yeah so That's it's okay. definitely it i would, I would say it absolutely made it a million times harder, and that's something that like you've you've obviously seen that like it's I'm still trying really hard to like crawl back to yeah. uh, an okay place um
0: yeah, and but... um Gemma, how about you when you uh split with Thomas's dad um, um, you, how long of a are you still crawling back would you say as Elena put it
1: he's still around um, I'd like very much for him to just disappear off the face of the earth. sometimes, most Mm -hmm. times to be fair, just to make it easier because we have a child and no matter how much I try and think like it's over with, it never really will be because we have the connection with a child and even though there was a lot of violence there I always said that I would never be that mother that said you can't see your child. If he wants to see him, then he can see him. And he's just started wanting to see, wanting him around and wanting to see him. And for a very long time I put up with the violence, I put up with the aggression, I put up with it all, just so that I wasn't a stereotypical single mom and made to feel like I failed because... Mm-hmm. I'd had countless relationships that had failed and I was like this was obviously the only child that I had and I didn't want to, um, I didn't want it to feel like I failed and I'd not given it enough to try and make it work because I was having it from lots of different angles saying oh well you should have done this, you should have done that, oh it's... It's not that bad, or like, at least you're not married. Stuff like that when we split up, and it's like, it's so dismissive in the way that they'll be like, play down what the problem is, like not acknowledge what you've gone through, but say, oh, at least it's not. And I find yes. that I find that awful for someone to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the fact that. I think I'd put up with maybe a good year of domestic abuse and not always in the violence form but a lot of it was like emotional and psychological and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just walk away and feel like with him being a boy as well I thought well he needs his dad I I, yeah. I really did think that because he was a boy, he would need a dad, because there were certain things I couldn't teach him. Sure. I mean, evidently, like the fact that every time I go to the toilet, there's pee all over the seat, <laughs> and I don't think <laughs> would he have done that if he'd have had a dad around? Like, could he have actually hit the hole? Just yeah. like I don't know. But um, I don't know. I sometimes I think would things have been different if if he'd have been around. Mm-hmm. But then I think if it had been around, then I wouldn't have been because of the way it ended. So I right. think deep down, I know I did the right thing. I just Absolutely, think he does when he's older, you know. Yeah, that on me a lot.
0: And we push forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it is it does come to a point where it's one of those what what's done is done, um, and now we look forward, and we try and provide the best atmosphere and life we can, uh, with the circumstances that have arisen. Um, and that being said, uh, Elena, the start of your business, how long has Lion share marketing been a thing?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as a side business, uh, that I've been doing for about a decade, um, a little bit longer. And then I, made it an official full-time business November
0: 2019. So almost two years. Awesome. And we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, So you are, at this point, a successful business owner. Small business, yes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Lion share marketing. And if you could, uh, please put your socials that you want in the comments. They'll be there forever. Um, And throw them in there. Uh, the, her Instagram account is on the, um, the, the opening screen, uh, mm-hmm. but she'll throw in her TikTok, I believe. And, um, her actual company website, she's been doing marketing now for, she said the better part of a decade now. Um, mm-hmm. and that is your passion. Would you say? you enjoy it a lot don't you
2: i enjoy i wouldn't say it's my passion but i enjoy it my passion is more writing but that doesn't pay the bills um oh, so, yeah.
0: okay but yeah. you can always write on the side like do oh, yeah, a, little, and I do. a journal uh, yeah um that that brings up a fantastic uh segue there back into journaling uh being such a therapeutic device that we don't utilize enough, I think. Um, do you keep a, a journal regularly?
2: Um, I actually, I used to. Um, I don't journal right now, but I did download this app. Um, and it's it's like a gratitude app. And you every day you put one positive thing that happened. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm on a 32-day streak, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Nice. Um, but... It's cool because it's a. I have to stop myself from writing the negative things because sometimes I'll get on there and I'll start, start typing like this was difficult today or whatever, um, and I erase it and just put this is, this is the positive space and I can put the negative stuff elsewhere. But this is the this is the good space. Um, so I, I try to do both when I can.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome, and that, um, I saw you doing it the other day. I guess did yeah. I make your. Did I make it in your gratitude journal?
2: You, you have many times, actually.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Uh, no, uh, again, for those just joining and, and uh, listening in, we uh, Elena and I uh, work together frequently at the fire station. Um, and, you know, we have, since I got back from rehab, we have bounced, hi, do how are you? Uh, we have bounced... Uh, all kinds of conversations up of each other. Um, She's helped me out. I've helped her out in her struggles, my struggles. Um, So it's been a a very great friendship that's come out of my uh, sobriety. And um, I'm definitely glad to have her around uh, to talk to sometimes when, you know, there's just nobody else around uh, in the middle of the night at the station or something like that, you know, um, it's good to have that support network keep growing and keep growing as uh, as our journey continues. Um, Elena, what would you say is is what keeps you going on this on this business um, with with all of the mental health and the struggles? And I know personally, um, you know what you've gone through. What is, what's the drive? It's got to be more than just paying the bills.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: Would you say say there's that, that lack of quit that I was talking about earlier comes into play?
2: Yeah. I think it's more stubbornness than anything else. I think that I just, um, I have like a, uh, overinflated sense of responsibility. (laughs) I feel like I need to, If I'm going to do something, I need to put 100% into it. So I think that's what, you know, kind of moves me forward on that. But yeah, paying the bills, of course, is a big motivator.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a motivator for anybody, right? (laughs) Um, So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the volunteer firefighting. Um, What on earth made you wake up one day and say, That looks fun. Let's do that uh, in my spare time.
2: So um, a very long time ago, when I first met my ex-husband, his uncle is a career firefighter. And I always thought it was the coolest thing. And I used to work for the newspaper, a local newspaper. And I did a story on the local fire department. And I saw a female firefighter. And I had never before seen a female firefighter. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was like, I... I need to do that. I want to do that. And at the time, I was severely underweight, so I couldn't. There's no way that would happen. And I mean, that was years ago. That was probably like eight years ago. And for years, I was just like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get strong enough to do that." And I just never did. Yeah. Um, and then it literally was just like one day, I was like, "Why am I? Why am I not trying to do this? Like, I want to do this. Why am I not trying to do this?" And I just always liked challenging myself and doing things that I didn't think I could do so yeah
0: yeah and it's would you say still as exciting and everything you had hoped it was going to be
2: it's more honestly and it's not even for like running calls it's the the atmosphere and the people that like yourself that I've met like the friendships that have come out of it I never thought that it would be all that it is and I'm immensely grateful. And honestly, it has, this is going to sound like a cliche, but it's a hundred percent true. It has saved my life on more than one occasion because having that sense of purpose and having me, like I, I signed up to go in tomorrow. I have to go in tomorrow. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it has really made a, a really big difference. Um, a lot of times. So there's,
0: there's quite a few people I've talked to, especially even on this platform that say, the same basic principle of what you just said. Like um, I don't know if Ella's still here in the comments, uh, but she uh, talks to us all the time about how she, she's a bunny mom. Um, She makes these, or if she doesn't make these, she sells these uh, cute bunnies and um, you know, she advocates for bunny rescue and that's her drive. That is what she says. uh, The bunnies, she can't, she can't, She doesn't know if she's saving the bunnies or the bunnies are saving her. Yeah, Um, And it's the same kind of principle. Do you ever think
1: that people that have suffered the most with their mental health want to go on to help other people, even if they're not truly, like, for want of a better way of putting it, healed themselves, the fact that they want to go on and help somebody else helps them? Like, certainly for me, I thought.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that... um not that people who have mental illnesses are broken I don't want to say that but in a Mm -hmm. sense I think the most broken people want to have an inherent desire to fix perhaps it's because we can't really fix ourselves um, in that respect so we want to do whatever like that's kind of my thing is I I want to make everyone around me happy all the time and it might be because I I struggle with that myself um, and I think part of it is that I never want anyone to feel the way that I have felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can do anything to make them not feel that way, you know, um, I try to That's, do that because.
1: That sounds like <laughs> literally what I said the other week. <laughs> I hear you there. I really do. You just want to wanna make a difference if you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So firefighting and marketing. Two very separate things, but together, would you? They together they help you uh, with your day to day, right? Yeah. Um, and it and it it makes it easier to find something to put into your gratitude journal, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And that's. Uh, can we uh, just touch on that? Hi, Jim. Welcome on in, and thank you for the award. Thank you, everybody, for the awards as this show has gone on. Um, I, I tend to have a bit of a harder time, as you guys know reading the comments I've been trying to keep up but when I'm doing an actual interview versus um, just a a, a me and Gemma show um, Mm. I don't I feel like I miss more so thank you very much for the conversation and the awards uh, as always for joining us Um, please uh, keep coming back to us and we'll keep uh, putting on this show every week Um, but the gratitude journal I wanted to go back to that briefly. Um, Since my stay at rehab and learning all about all of this mental health jazz, if you will, um, one thing that has been a constant is gratitude. And uh, it's not something that I ever thought about uh, as a tool for help. but uh, a quote I remember from one of my therapists that, uh, that has stuck with me is, go and ask somebody to name three things that pissed them off today, and they'll rattle them off like that. And, but ask them three things that they're grateful for today, and they're like, uh, hmm. mm-hmm. you know. So you really do have to think about it, don't you? And uh, forcing ourselves to come up with this these what are we grateful for is, is is not just some cliche thing. it actually does something. Would you agree Elena?
2: Absolutely it's like it's like when they say when you smile it actually tricks your brain into thinking you're happy for a couple minutes it's or a couple seconds um, It's kind of the same thing when you're even if you take two minutes to write down something that, you're grateful for during those two minutes, you're thinking about that. And you're thinking about that happy moment that you had, even if it was like the tiniest moment in the day, you're thinking about it. And that instantly helps you and calms you and makes you feel better because you're in that moment. That's how our memories work. Um, so it's really, really, it's, it's a good, um, it's a good space. And kind of like you, like I, I never really did much with that. Like I, I was told, um, like therapists would tell me like, do you know, do you write down your gratitude, wake up and write, think what you're grateful for. But when you're like in the, the thick of it, it's really hard to think about even one thing, you know, even one thing that you're grateful for. So sometimes, and my therapist told me a long time ago, she's like, it might be that the fact that you walked out and it wasn't raining or that you got a coffee today and it was good. Like she's like, it doesn't have to be anything mind blowing can be a tiny Tiny thing. The, your favorite show was on TV tonight. Yeah. Anything. It can be literally anything. It doesn't have to be some monumental thing, but it's just focusing on that. That can make a big, big difference.
0: Absolutely. And it, it really is a, a, a very thoughtful t- tool that uh, can help us, you know, just like you said, take one second out of the day to smile. Um, just think about something that made you happy and it does a world of good for your brain, whether you realize it or not. Um, The inner workings are are actually working well. Um,
2: That and and, um, I think affirmations too, which I used to think were really stupid, honestly, Um, but they really, really, really help now. Um, Usually I pick one thing like either per day or per week, and that's just what I tell myself all the time. I just repeat it over and over and over again. My latest one, you probably saw it on my phone, um, but the latest one that I just made wall pa- wallpaper out of is these things will be hard, but you can do hard things, mm-hmm. um, and I love it because it's not denying that things can suck. I hate when it's like, oh, it, everything will be fine. I hate that. I absolutely hate it because it's well, it's not fine. <laughs> it's not. It's not fine. So don't tell me that. Um, but that. Um, that definitely. It definitely has helped me, especially that quote
0: yes yeah and there's there's uh gemma dropped in the comments there one of her gratitude journal apps um please uh feel free to get on your google play store or your app store and just search gratitude journal um yeah actually mine
2: is um mine if you want to know mine is called happy feed f-e-e-d happy feed Mm -hmm. um and it's really cool. And you'd actually like, you can put pictures in there and it jumbles it up for you. So it'll remind you yeah. and say, look at your photos or look at your memories from three weeks ago. So it kind of brightens your day a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, yeah this is similar. And I, and I
0: don't think um, what you said was there was anything wrong um, with saying like affirmations you thought were silly or stupid at first. I thought AA was stupid at first and now I'm there every day and it really helps. It does. Working a strong program is where I've been so successful. Um, So, yeah, uh, as we move forward in our own personal paths of uh, mental health, things change. Our opinions change. And once we really give things the light of day and a a shot at uh, trying to make us more sound-minded, we open up maybe a whole new world that we just thought was that we kind of shrugged off in the beginning. Um, But uh, we are coming up towards the end of the hour and I want to ask you to share um, not what we can talk gratitude in a minute if you'd like, but uh, what could you say to the uh, young or older females out there that are looking to start business, um, maybe struggling with some mental health, uh, just from your experiences, is there, is there something you can leave the audience with that self-reliance in particular ties into and, and pushes you forward?
2: I would say as kind of a blanket statement that covers all of that, um, don't let anyone tell you, you can't including yourself. Um, because I think we are, especially when you have mental illnesses, you are your own worst enemy at times. Um, and kind of a, a negative to self-reliance is that if you have a mental illness, sometimes you're relying on the wrong thing that your brain is saying. Um, so you, you have to make sure that you're, um, you're taking the steps to validate the positives and not reinforce the negatives. Um, so I would say, um, I would say, just trust yourself, um, to have the tools that you need, um, to be successful, whether that's in at work, um, struggling with mental illness, um, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be, just trust yourself.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, please, uh, one last time plug, uh, Plug your business and what it is you do for folks. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I do marketing and all things, advertising, writing, editing for small businesses and nonprofits of all kinds and all over the world. So it doesn't really matter where it is. Um, my ins- All the stuff is going to be linked, I think, but you can find me online at lions-sharemarketing.com um, mm-hmm. and all the socials are going to be in here. So... And i'll add
1: and it to the bio link as well Thank i'll add you. it to our
0: bio link so that yes it's in there. yes if you need if you want to find elena on her socials or her actual business website um it will be on our bio link for the mental health hour mm-hmm. uh, and you said i'll just throw this one in the card lions hyphen share
2: marketing.com
0: <laughs> dot com com <sighs> boom <laughs> <laughs> that look about right to you that's perfect righto well elena i really want to thank you for coming on it's been a long time coming we talked about doing this show and uh i think it was wonderful to hear your side of things and uh, how did it feel uh being vulnerable on a platform you've never really been on before And <laughs> you know um you, you've it wasn't... watched the show but i have
2: i watched almost every episode it's not It wasn't as bad as I thought. I think it's just because, I mean, I'm so comfortable with you. And I met Gemma before, and so I feel a little bit less, um, Mm. you know, naked for the world. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, I'd like to run through my normal uh, spiel at the end of every episode. We'd love to plug our active sponsors and our friends. This is, we have talked about her already, but Ella... My Bunny Valentine. Um get, go to mybunnyvalentine.com, use my code FIREDude15. You get 15% off your order. And if it's over 20 bucks or more, you get a nice little cool hat uh, that you can see on the beardo Weirdo show. Uh if you watch those guys. Um, don't forget, as always, it's Catalyst Wednesday. So please tune in tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern uh, and uh, get Jim in Chicagoland's uh, page there. He'll be doing the Catalyst program that we all know and love, four years strong now. Um, I hope to see everybody over there um, tonight because I will be there as always. And uh, lastly, we'd like to send congratulations to Doe Darling. Who we had on the show, not too long ago, Uh, Doe has achieved her goal on both the miles walked. She's hit the hundred miles, and uh, we've uh, Doe has raised over five hundred pound for the UK charity Mind for mental health. So, big congratulations! The month is still going. Doe can still walk and you guys can still donate. So please 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 go to tinyearl.com/ vegan doe. Um, and there's never enough support for these types of charities. So we'll end with uh, her uh, video again and we'll close out the month with doe as always. and uh, Elena, thank you again for coming on. Thank Thanks you. for talking and uh gemma thanks for being here everybody in the comments it's great to see you as always thank you for all the awards very much appreciated we'll be here every week as long as you keep having us around and we will see you guys next week